0: mm mm-hmm. Give me some broke when I might just chill. But I'm the type that like the light
1: another joint like Cypress Hill. I still do be spin when I puff on it. I got some ola Hola, you're listening to another episode of Life in Paradise Podcast with me, your host, Brandon Harper. Today is Sunday, September 4th, 2022. And it is raining, raining, raining. Here in South Texas. All summer long, you got to hear me whine and bitch and complain about the drought, not having any rain, and I hadn't cut my grass in three months. Here I am now, staring at the grass. It's like two feet tall. It's too wet to mow. It's too wet to weed eat. But you know what? We needed it. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions, so I come here about once every week or so to get them off my chest. Some you'll agree with and others you won't, and I am perfectly okay with that. The world would be a boring place if we all agreed on everything all the time. What we do have to overcome is the ability to disagree without being disagreeable. Lots of times people let their emotions get involved, and that's stupid. That's why we're divided. If there's one thing you know about me, that's that I don't do pre recorded intros. Sometimes I stumble over my words. And I'm okay with that, too. I've gotten to the point of rambling in my intros, which, if there's one thing you know about me, it's that I don't do pre-recorded intros. So sit back, relax, and let me have the anchor chain for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. then I roll
0: a joint that's longer than your extension. Cause I'll be damned if you get high off me for free. Hell no, you better bring your own slip sheet. What's up, don't babysit that i know i feel cuz i smoke major weed bro and every time we that up a but
1: man somebody needs to invent some kind of service like we'll come to your house and set up all your podcast equipment and show you show you how to use it Cause you're too stupid to figure it out. That's me right now. That is me trying to figure out how to get this audio to feed in without busting out my eardrums and your eardrums. Yeah, it's not. It's not something I'm good at. You know, I've given up on trying to be like the tech savvy guy, older guy in his 40s who still knows tech. I don't. I don't pretend to be that guy anymore. I've, I've pretty much come to terms that the techs left me behind, and I can appreciate all that it does and if someone shows me how to do it, I can do it or it gets me set up. But, you know, I used to laugh at the grandfathers when they're like, I, I, I don't know how to work this thing. Just just set it up. Just set it up for me. That's me. That is me right now, and I am nowhere near grandfather age. But you know what? The sooner you can admit that and the sooner you can start finding solutions and workarounds, I guess the better off you'll be. I don't know. I don't know. But I have no desire to, like, try to get in and figure Figure out technology problems. That is not fun to me. Although I do appreciate technology and all it can do. mm -mm, Nope. The problem solving, the coding, that is not for me. But you know what? I'm glad. I am glad that my mental capacity has not slipped like Joe Biden's has. It's going. It is going away. And I am going to keep playing clips to prove my point. So you don't have to believe me. You don't have to agree with me. You may think he's the sharpest tool in the shed and he hadn't lost an ounce of brain power. And, you know, the fact that he shakes hands with invisible people is just part of the what happens when you're the president and you're OK with that. And you think he's a great leader. You know what? That's perfectly fine. That is perfectly fine. I don't. I don't think that. I think that he's uh, he's mentally handicapped. And I I think that um, if someone could evaluate him, they would say he's not fit to be president. And I know I know what you're thinking.
0: Well, we could say the same thing about Donald Trump, too.
1: Maybe you can, but I would disagree with you.
2: Approaches why America's economic recovery recovery, was faster. Say that again, Joe. America's economic
1: recovery recovery was faster. You know, he gets to a point sometimes where he doesn't know what he's going to say next, so he just goes, "Uh, uh, uh, anyway, anyway. So I'm going to play this clip just to prove that point. And every time I hear him do that, I'm going to play the clip on here so that one day, whenever he gets kicked out of office for being brain dead, I'm going to say, I told y'all. I tried to tell y'all. Y'all do be listening. And y'all, don't be patient. Economic recovery was faster and stronger Wait, One more time. I, listen to him stumble other,
2: here. Our approach is why America's economic recovery. Listen. Our approach is why America's economic recovery economic
1: recovery go, faster
2: and stronger than any
1: other advanced nation in the world. You know, what's funny is that he thinks we're recovered. Our our recovery was faster and stronger. We are fully recovered from this pandemic. Never mind the fact that I can't buy a vehicle if I want to. Interest rates are through the roof. Housing prices are falling. Equity prices are falling. Yeah, but we had the strongest and fastest recovery.
2: Now it's time to address the burden of student debt in the same way. The same way. Listen to his tone of voice. The same way. Working closely with the Secretary of Education, he's got the hard job, you know, Secretary Cardona. Here's what my administration is going to do to provide more breathing room for people so they have less burdened by student debt. And quite frankly, to fix the system itself, which we came in, we both acknowledged was broken in terms of anyway.
1: In terms of, anyway, for people so yeah, he loves to talk about breathing room. Have you ever noticed that? It's always breathing room. And then the, the White House press secretary is even on board. You'll see her when she gets confused in her little state of confusion. That She also throws out the term breathing room, breathing room, you know, breathing, always breathing room. They have less
2: burdened by student debt. And quite frankly, to fix the system itself, which we came in, we both acknowledge was broken in terms of.
1: In terms anyway. of. Anyway,
2: there are three key factors we're going to do in terms of anyway, there are three key factors. (laughs) I can't stop laughing. First, we've made incredible progress advancing America's economic recovery. We've wound down pandemic relief programs like the ones on unemployment insurance and small businesses. It's time we do the same thing for student loans. Student loan payments pause is going to end. It's going to end December 30... I'm extending to December
1: 31st... Okay, okay, that's all I can take. That's all I can take of him, but you get the idea, right? Always, always wants to provide breathing room, always says anyway, whenever he gets confused, and can barely structure a sentence.
2: 2022,
1: and it's going to end at that time. Listen, I know I bash on him a lot. I know you might get sick of me bashing on him, but I don't care. I, I, I do this because this is what I want to talk about. And... I think people need to understand what kind of situation we're in here. It's not a good one. This guy should not be leading anything. The only thing he should be leading is his caretaker to get a popsicle. But here we are. Just because... Orange man bad. Old man good. Better than Trump. He better than Trump. Alright. For my next trick, I'm going to talk about an unpopular opinion. Well... Not in my bubble, but in most bubbles, it's an unpopular opinion. And that's a climate change. So it's, it's something we should all be terrified of and, and change the way we do everything and spend tons of money and Yeah, go electric, which is is proving to be problematic. As we are seeing uh last week, the state of California said, Hey, let's not use electricity between four and nine PM because Our grid is having a hard time keeping up, and we want to go green. So they all run out, they buy electric cars, they tell everyone to buy electric cars. Now they're figuring out, oh, wait, you mean we have to charge these things and run our air conditioner at the same time? Well, how are we going to do that? We don't have enough electricity. We need more green energy. That's going to be the solution. More green energy. And how do they get you on board with, with more green energy? Oh, they scare you into it. They tell you that the Earth's going to burn up or freeze or catch on fire or have tornadoes. Every little thing that we have now, we want to blame it on uh, climate change, global warming. Remember when it was greenhouse gas? Remember in the 70s when they thought the the world was going to freeze to death? Whenever they were saying, we're going through a trending stage of freezing. The climate's cooling and we have to do something. Fast forward a few years and it was uh, global warming. The, the world's getting warmer. It's getting hotter. We have to do something. Remember, this was, this was uh, Al Green. I mean, <laughs> Not Al Green. Al Gore. This is what he was always whining about. That the, it's going to melt the polar ice caps. And the polar bears are going to drown. In
3: 1970, there was a precipitous drop-off in the amount and extent and thickness of the Arctic ice cap. It has diminished by 40% in 40 years.
1: I find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that the ice cap, the polar ice cap, has shrunk by 40% in 40 years. I don't know. I'm not a climatologist, but I just, I find that hard to believe.
3: And there are now two major studies showing that within the next 50 to 70 years, in summertime, it will be completely gone.
1: Completely now, gone. you might see- What does that mean that summertime it will be completely gone and it'll come back? It'll come back after the summer and refreeze?
3: Completely gone. Now, you might say, why is that a problem? And how could the Arctic ice cap actually melt so quickly? When the sun's rays hit the ice, more than 90% of it bounces off right back into space like a mirror. But when it it hits the open ocean, more than 90% of it is absorbed. And so, as the surrounding water gets warmer, it speeds up the melting of the ice. Right now, the Arctic ice cap acts like a giant mirror. All the sun's rays bounce off more than 90.
1: Doesn't he kind of sound like a, a preacher in a pulpit with his tone of voice saying, right now, the sun is reflected off the ocean. And we must join together in order to reflect that sun back into the atmosphere. That's kind of what, I think that's kind of what he sounds like.
3: It keeps the Earth cooler. But as it melts and the open ocean receives that sun's energy instead, more than 90% is absorbed. So there is a faster buildup of heat here at the North Pole in the Arctic Ocean and the Arctic generally than anywhere else on the planet. That's not good for creatures like polar bears who depend on the ice.
1: They depend on it.
3: A new scientific study shows that for the first time, they're finding polar bears that have actually drowned. Swimming long distances up to 60 miles to find the ice. Wait,
1: how many miles?
3: Swimming long distances up to 60 miles to find the ice.
1: (laughs) That made me laugh because I picture... All right. Let's let's talk through how this polar bear gets lost, okay? So you got a polar bear. He's sit he's sitting on the ice. He's sitting on the ledge of the ice looking at the water. And he thinks, "Hmm. You know what? I know I can't see any ice in front of me. I don't see anywhere to go, but I'm just going to hop off here and start swimming. I'm going to just start swimming off into the abyss and and maybe I'll find some ice." so he his buddy says no don't there's no we don't know all the ice caps are melted you don't know where you're gonna end up he says you know what i'm just gonna swim until i find ice you know i need ice to survive so i'm gonna just start swimming so then the polar bear starts swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming He, he ends up making a circle and he comes on back to his ice and he tells his buddy man i couldn't i couldn't find any more ice they must they must all be melting i i just swum for a whole 60 miles and couldn't find no ice well, we better hope those humans stop driving cars because what happens if we start searching for ice and we can't find it? This, See, we listen to these people who don't know what they're talking about. And they don't make any sense. They hear bits and pieces from people, and they just regurgitate them. Now, I don't know what his motivation is for, for wanting to build an industry that protects climate, and I am almost certain that's what his goal is. You know, I don't know. In, in in my mind, he may or may not think that the world is ending. He probably does. He probably does think that we have to do something. And so he's like, well, if we have to do something and the world's ending, I might as well just get rich at the same time. You know, we don't listen to football players or baseball players or basketball players when they give us their opinion about the vaccine. We don't listen to painters if they have a, a viewpoint about whether or not the mask will stop a virus. But for some reason, we listen to politicians when they talk about things like climate change. Well, why is that? Well, you know what? I take that back. We do listen to some athletes, only if they go along with the narrative of the mainstream media. This is old, old LeBron James, you know, came out talking about, oh, we got to take COVID seriously. And he was, he was driving in a convertible with a top down with his mask on, you know. Being a good little boy, good little masked Nazi, but he did it and he got the credit for it. So I take that back. We only listen to them. The media only listens to them whenever they support the narrative, which we should all start being able to agree that these things are happening. Like this is no secret. We have to just step back and look. And look, my whole point with climate change is that we don't know. We don't know if it's happening. We don't know if it's not happening. The temperature has only gone up two degrees in like 150 years. And so we shouldn't take extreme measures to stop something that we don't know for sure is causing it. This is the same way I felt about COVID and the mask and the vaccine and closing down businesses. I went back and listened to some of my podcasts from, you know, 2020. And I was like, hey, this is going to wreck our economy. This is going to destroy small businesses. And you know what? It did. Now I'm not saying that I'm always right, but I'm saying I was right about that. Any person who knows science or has studied science or statistics will tell you that you don't have a science experiment without a control and a variable. You have to have two similar situations, and then you compare the outcome, which we don't have for climate change. We didn't have for COVID. So I'm of the opinion, and you can have your own opinion. That's fine. I'm of the opinion that we don't just jump to knee-jerk reactions whenever we don't know what the
0: outcome is.
1: We don't just say, we have to do something because something can be the wrong decision. And in my opinion, we're going to see the backlash of this climate change control being crammed down our throats. We're seeing it already with the, the California grid not being able to charge cars. Think about it like this. In order to use wind or solar, you've got to have a continuous source of power. Either the sun's got to be shining 24 hours a day, or the wind's got to be blowing 24 hours a day. And I know what you're thinking.
0: Yeah, but you can put it into batteries.
1: And that's right, you can. But we're not there yet. We don't have the technology to store massive amounts of power into batteries. Because think about it like this. Now, let's just say you want to store a bunch of battery power and you want to charge the grid or you want to run the grid during the day. Now you have to have double your solar panels. Think about it. If you want to run the grid during the day with solar power, you put X number of solar panels out there. But if you need to run the grid at night, you need to store power. So now you have to double your solar panels to charge the batteries to run your grid during the nighttime and we are nowhere near that point yet. And we probably will be one day. But it's going to take some major breakthroughs in battery power. That's the missing link. This is what we this is what we need to make this whole thing work. Because until then, it's a less efficient form of acquiring Well, actually it's more efficient at acquiring. So, green energy is cheaper to produce electricity, but it's more expensive to transmit it and store it because of we don't because we don't have the batteries. Like with the power generation that we have now, it doesn't rely on anything other than water flowing through a river, burning something in order to create power which turns a turbine and creates electricity. The way that natural resources work and the exploitation of them and you know everyone thinks the word exploit is such a bad word, but it's not. It just means to take advantage of or to to use for your benefit. So The way to exploit natural resources is that you start acquiring them. As you acquire them, and remember, they're finite. They will run out. We will run out of oil one day. Or what else will happen? If we don't run out, the cost to produce it will become so high that it will be cheaper to do something else. And that's when we make the switch. Because we cannot prove that there is some imminent threat, and I understand that a lot of climate scientists and people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and all these people, they buy into it. And you know what? I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying that my way is right. I'm not saying that their way is wrong. I'm saying that we don't know. We, don't, we can't prove it. If you look at all the other planets, like their, their temperatures are changing too. I think I talked about this on an earlier podcast a few months ago. I looked at like of all the nine planets in our solar system, I started looking at them one by one, seeing which ones were showing changes in temperature. Well, I got to like four or five, and every single one of them had shown cooling or heating trends. So because of that, we cannot say, oh, this is because of everything that we're doing, and we should just go backwards in time and be less efficient. It's, it's not a good solution because it, it costs people a bunch of time and energy and resources. Someone has to pay for that. Remember, When we're talking about finite resources, in order for one person to win, the other person has to lose. In order for us to to give money to these green energy companies to produce green energy, we have to take it away from somewhere else. Or we have to produce taxes or generate tax revenue from the hardworking people like me and you. Okay, I'm starting to ramble. You know how I feel about climate change. We don't know. We don't know the solution. We don't know the answer but we should not just jump to extreme measures because we will end up in a position where the pendulum will swing back and it'll be painful, just like what's happening in California now. On one podcast a while back, I did a comparison between what it costs to produce Bitcoin because if you remember, everybody was screaming about,
0: Bitcoin uses too much power and we don't have the right to use electricity.
1: And I did a comparison that showed what it would cost in electricity if people transition to electric cars versus what it costs to run the Bitcoin network, you go back and listen to it. Maybe you'll find it interesting. My whole point is we can't trust people like Al Gore just because he's in a position of power. I mean, for crying out loud, the guy thinks that polar bears just start swimming around <laughs> looking for ice. Oh, these people. OK, listen, I realized I, I said I was going to scale back on the Bo Jaden clips, but I lied. I lied to you, okay? Now, this next clip was taken from a show that I listen to all the time called The Michael Berry Show. And I think people are foolish whenever they do a podcast or a YouTube channel and they pretend like they don't get inspired or they don't get ideas from from other creators. So I, uh, I took this clip from his show, but it makes lots of sense and I feel like it's something that everybody needs to be hearing. Him using the word... Exponentially. Not exponentially. Exponentially. Which is not a word. It is not a word. The President of the United States uses a word so frequently that it's not even real. And no one corrects him. Because he's just a cute old man
2: exponentially exponentially exponentially
1: exponentially
2: exponentially 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 exponentially
1: exponentially exponentially (laughs) exponentially how funny is that Uh, how funny is it that he uses the word exponentially and you know what when i first started hearing it, i was like well maybe he's saying exponentially you know maybe he's just he just stutters he stutters so you have a president that uses a word that doesn't even exist i think he means exponentially but he says exponentially and i bet you if they corrected him he would just keep saying it because he doesn't know. He doesn't even know what day of the week it is. Exponentially. I'm going to start using that word instead of exponentially. Okay, listen, I've got one more clip to play of Joe Biden. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but I want you to listen how out of touch he is uh, as he talks about the January 6th insurrection and when they stormed Parliament. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know we don't have a Parliament but I think that our president, he, he may not know. You know, he just gets a little confused every now and then. That's okay. He does stutter, too. So let's just listen to him talk about the insurrectionists storming parliament.
2: Imagine, Joe, if you turned on the television in Washington, D.C., and saw a mob of a 1,000 people storming down the hallways of the parliament, breaking down the doors.
1: Storming down the hallways of... The parliament breaking down the
2: doors. The hallways of the parliament breaking down the doors. Trying, and so a mob of a thousand people storming down the hallways of the parliament, breaking down the doors, trying to overturn on the doors. Down the hallways of the parliament, breaking down the doors, trying to overturn an outcome of election. And killing several police officers in the meantime.
1: Joe, I got newsflash, buddy. We don't have a parliament. We have a congress. Okay, that's it. I don't need to tell you anything. You heard the man get so confused. He calls it parliament. Okay, we can get off Joe Biden if you'd like. If you'd like to leave, leave the Joe Botta Joe Botta <laughs> leave the Joe Biden pinata alone. He's old, and he can't help it. I was thinking the other day, whenever I heard someone talk about the most dangerous cities in the country, I thought to myself, I wonder, of all the cultures in the world, which cultures, which you know, dominate countries, are, are the most dangerous? And so I pulled up on, I think, Wikipedia and Statistica, the most dangerous cities in the world and i thought they would be predominantly limited to the african continent and the south like south and southeast asia and maybe some middle east but boy was i wrong i was completely wrong of the top 50 cities i would guess i, I don't memorize this stuff i don't i don't even have a note of it but i think that probably 40 of the top 50 cities were predominantly Latin countries. And I don't know why that caught me off guard, but it did. And it made me wonder, and I might do some, some further researchatory investigationism, on whether or not violence the, the tend to be violent the tendency to be violent has to do with the, the country's economic status. And I'd be willing to bet there's a correlation there. Because countries who are violent tend to be corrupt. And countries who are corrupt tend to not be able to figure out how to run an economy because the greedy politicians suck all the money out and of the most dangerous cities a lot of them were uh, Brazil, Venezuela, Argentina, you know, most of them were in South America. And I don't know why, they just caught me it caught me off guard. I didn't really expect that. I don't know why, but it just goes to show you that a lot of times you formulate opinions and you don't know, and you're wrong. And sometimes it's good to admit it when you're wrong. Because sometimes, for some people, it doesn't happen very often. Speaking of cultures, I cannot figure out for the life of me why people are still running around in masks. I, I really, I don't, you know, I've, it's gotten to the point where I actually feel bad for these people. And I feel bad because they have been so heavily manipulated by the media and the government and all these people who stood a lot to benefit from masks, and they're, they're still terrified. And I really do feel bad for someone who doesn't have the ability to go look at the statistics and see what the likelihood is of something bad happening. Or maybe they don't have the, the desire. I feel bad for them too. If they're just taking in whatever is being fed to them and they're not questioning anything, I feel bad for them. But it's very telling about our society. I, I say that I probably see... And I go to the grocery store, and I see probably 10 to 15% of people still with the face diaper plastered to their face. I see people come into a store with it on, and then within 10 minutes, it's down around the chin. And I just think to myself, why? But here's what the problem, here's the biggest problem I have, is that you can't ask them. You can't talk to them about it, because you'll be the asshole who's questioning them when they just want to do the right thing. You know, but if you were the person who didn't wear the mask and you walked around the store, people would scream at you and tell you to put the mask on that you're a careless idiot and you're selfish. But you can't even ask someone, hey, just out of curiosity, why are you still wearing the mask? They would be mad at you. I guarantee you. I've tried it a couple of times. It didn't work well. It really didn't. But that just goes to show you how this double standard thing works. And another funny thing is that whenever people were, like, starting to accept the fact that, okay, it's safe it's safe to go outside now. It's safe to go into a restaurant without your mask. Whenever people were kind of starting to accept that, I would tell people, people, that, vendors, delivery drivers, whatever, I'd say, man, you do not have to wear that goofy mask to walk in here. They would always tell me why that they wear it. And I would never ask them why. They would always say, well, I'll just wear it because I have to. Or, I just wear it. I just wear it because fill in the blank. And I I used to always think to myself like I don't I don't care. It doesn't matter to me why you wear it. You want to wear the mask? Wear the mask. I'm just telling you you don't have to if you don't want to. The other day some guy comes out to do some work. I had a ma- he could he could hardly speak English as it was and then with the mask on and he spoke quietly, I got very very frustrated. And I said, "Dude, I I hate to tell you this, but it, can you take the mask off to talk to me and then you can just put it back on?" And he was like, okay, and he pulled it down and he talked to me. We ended up speaking Spanish to each other because I was better at Spanish than he was English. But anyway, after that, he never put it back on. He, and he saw us walking around all day, all the employees, all the customers, everyone walking around without it. And he's still, he's still walking around with the, the breath trapper and spit recycler just just doing its job right, right over his air input holes. Speaking of unpopular opinions, I've got another one for you. Maybe I should, you know, I'm thinking about retitling this thing. Maybe I should call it Unpopular Opinions. Uh, Because it really doesn't pertain to how it started. Anyway, I'm, I'm going off track. The term give back to the community is something I'm not a fan of. They love to tell you,
0: oh, they give back to the community. You gotta give back. Everyone has to give back to the community.
1: And you don't really realize it until you run a small business and you figure out, you know what? The community doesn't really give me anything. They take They take my property tax, they take my personal property tax, they take my franchise tax, they take business when they destroy the street in front of my place of business. And so I don't really know what people mean when they say, give back to the community, because they're not really giving us anything. Now, some people may decide to shop local, and they may feel like it's more valuable that they would rather give their money to a local business than some whatever big fill-in-the-blank that everyone hates, and that's fine. But in my opinion, there, there's one of two things going on there. They're, they're finding value. They're saying, I realize my dollar doesn't go as far at this craft brewery, but I'd rather give it to them so that they can grow their business and support the community and stick around, and that's great. That's They're finding value in that. They're giving that extra dollar knowing that it's going to make a difference somewhere. Or... They shop at a local business because it provides a better product or better service at a better price. And generally, that's the case. There are occasional cases where people would rather spend more money to get less quality. But it doesn't typically happen that often. You'll see that like kind of farmer's markets and super specialty people who make jewelry in their house, things like that. But for the most part, people use their dollars where they find value. And so if someone goes to a restaurant and it's a small little mom and pop place, they probably like the food better than Applebee's. And if that's the case, then they're really not giving anything to the business. They're, they're saying, hey, we like what you're doing. We like your product. We like your service. We also like that you're local. There's a little value in that, too. But they don't go say, you don't ever hear anyone say, well, you know what? Their burgers really aren't that good. But we go there because they're local. No. It's like, oh, they have great burgers or a local business. It's always in conjunction with something. And so I don't think we should expect businesses to just give back to the community, especially when they have to file lawsuits in the county because the county values their equipment. at such an astronomical high rate that it would literally put the company out of business if they had to pay the taxes. That is not a community giving to you. That is a community stealing from you. It should just be the term. Yes, they give to the community they give, not give back. I know it's kind of nitpicky. It's kind of nitpicky, but it's almost like there's an expectation to give back where if you give something that's charity. But if you tell somebody it's time for you to give back, that means you owe it. And so I don't like that connotation. I also, I'm going to encourage you people who go out there and beg businesses for money, for your fundraiser, for your auction, for your event, for a sponsorship, you know, For some reason, people think breweries just print money. So we get five or six people a week who, they want free merchandise, they want free gift cards, they want free swag. This is a great opportunity for you to invest in advertising. And so it gets tiresome. We cannot afford to give to everyone who comes with their palms out. So I would encourage you, if you're one of the people that gets tasked with going out and begging businesses for free money, wait till a business is four or five years old. Because it's very frustrating for a startup company who's not making any money, whose owners are barely getting by, to come say, You guys are crushing it. I see your parking lot's full all the time. Can we get some free stuff? This is a great promotion for you. Just leave it alone. Let the business grow. When it's time, if the business is so inclined, then they'll give to the community. But let's not hold them to that expectation. It's hard, to, it's hard to tell people no all the time when they want free things. I mean, it's just, it's just tiresome. If you've never been in that position, I hope you don't have to go through it. Because it sucks to tell a, a preschool, no, I'm not giving to your fundraiser. Or a soccer team, no, we're not buying your jerseys. Or a church, no, we're not buying your pies. But we can't do it all. So, I don't know. That's my rant on that. Take it easy on small businesses. Don't expect them to give back. But shop there if you like their products. Don't shop there out of pity, which I don't think most people do. But I don't want people to buy our products because we're local. I want them to buy our products because they like it. They like the service. They like the food. They like the drinks. And they want to support a small local business. That's okay. But let's stop pretending like communities just pour money into businesses. All right, I'm going to play something for you now. That was recorded in 1943. And if you're a friend of mine. You probably got this via text message this week. So I apologize if you have to hear it again. But what you're about to hear. Was filmed in 1943. And it's on YouTube. You can find it. 1943 communist directive. Call all opponents of leftism. Nazis and fascists. And what this was. Is a document that was recovered. But was originally issued to inform communists within the U.S. on how to handle people who were trying to call them out. And it's, it's eerie. This was posted to YouTube in 2002. So I haven't fact-checked this thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's real. I'm willing enough to put it on here. If, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, this thing's only got 2,900 views. But just listen, it is, it's terrifying. I say that. You know what? It's not terrifying. I kind of overuse that word. It's not terrifying, but it is very, very true. It feels real right now. I ain't scared of nothing. In
4: 1943, the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, when certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them after suitable buildups as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic and use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them in the public mind constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell the association will after enough repetition become fact in the public mind in 1943
1: i'm going to play it again i'm going to play it again just so you can just digest every word just listen to it
4: the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, when certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them after suitable buildups as fascist, or Nazi, or anti-Semitic, and use the prestige of anti-fascist tolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell, the association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind.
1: So there it is. That's the, there's their playbook. I don't know if they're intentionally following these rules. And when I say they, I, I know it's kind of vague. I'm not a big fan of when it's they and we and us and them. I'm not a big fan of using those terms. But when I say they, in this case, I'm talking about the people who run around and call everyone Nazis and fascists and anti-Semitic. And this particular document literally says, whenever people speak out against you, call them Nazis, call them fascists, call them anti-Semitic. And if you do that long enough, they will become guilty in the public mind's eye. And we are seeing that happening right now. Now, whether or not you are a Democrat or a Republican or you love Joe Biden or you hump Donald Trump. None of that matters. Let's just look at the context of this and say, are people calling everyone Nazis and fascists? Yes, they are. Could there be a motivation for that? Yes, there could be. Okay, so now we know that this is happening. Is there anyone that would deny, like, no, people really aren't misusing the word Nazis and fascists and they're not. They're not really doing that. I would disagree with that. And at that point, the conversation's over. Because if you can't agree that that term or those terms are being overused, then we have no conversation. But if we can all agree that those terms are being overused, then we'll proceed. And the next question is, is this a plan? Is this a is this directive? Is this someone like George Soros who has these private meetings and tells leaders of the left, hey, this worked. This worked for communists. It can work for us. All we have to do is just accuse people of being the worst, most evil names ever and we'll create them in a negative light. And then, then, we can win elections. I would be honestly curious to hear like Nancy Pelosi's opinion on that video. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Remember when Nancy Pelosi said China is the most... Free country in the world,
4: China is one of the freest societies
1: in the world. Uh, newsflash Nancy, no, they're not. No, they're not. Speaking of Pelosi, I got something to tell you guys. So, remember a few episodes back, I talked about how Nancy Pelosi's husband is an uh, investment firm guy, he's a big stock trader, he gets DUIs, and that's what not what we're talking about, but. So he trades. He makes trades in stocks, buys investments, sells investments. Well, it just so happens that his wife is the Speaker of the House. So she knows what's about to happen in different industries long before it happens, long before the news gets made public. So what does she do? She feeds him the information and says, hey, this and this and this is about to happen. So we need to make adjustments to our stock portfolio accordingly.
0: Whatever, Brandon. You're just a right-wing conspiracy theorist nut job.
1: So, recently, about, I don't know, four or five weeks ago, Paul Pelosi sold some shares of a company called NVIDIA. And what NVIDIA does is they make hardware and graphics cards and, and things that computers use. Remember, I'm terrible at computers. I don't know much about them. But I know that this company called NVIDIA makes parts for them. So, recently... They sold their shares, Pelosi and her husband sold their shares in NVIDIA at a loss. They took a loss, and everyone was kind of dumbfounded. Now, these people, these politicians, they have to disclose their stock moves, I think, after like six weeks of making the move. So she sold her shares in NVIDIA. Well, it just comes out this week that the U.S. government goes to NVIDIA and says, Hey, you can no longer um provide chips to China, which... We're getting ready to go to war with China, just so y'all know. I'm putting it out there. It may not be a physical war where we're shooting at each other, but it's going to be a war of button pushing and computer jamming and hacking and economic suppression. So it's coming. It's coming. Be ready for all American-made stuff. Actually, that's not true. Probably a lot of South Korean, Vietnamese, and Thai-made things. But either way, it came out that the U.S. said, you can no longer sell your chips to China because... um because yeah, we don't we don't like China no more. So what happened with Nvidia's stock? It fell. It plummeted. Well, Nancy just got lucky. She just lucked out and and just thought, you know what? I know I'm down on this position. I know I've lost some money on this trade, but I'm gonna just go ahead and sell at the bottom because you know, I just kind I just have a feeling, yeah, no, that's not happening. These people are getting information, and they're making they're making stock moves, and we're all just okay with that. We're okay with it. I'm gonna go turn in my job application. I'm i I'm am I'm gonna march up into the the parliament <laughs> and say I'm looking for a job. Where can I turn in my application? You listen to me. I want you get your ass up today. Go out and look for a job. The word today is job. J O that taken from my favorite movie of all times hopefully you know it if you don't you can ask me alright I think for my last topic I'm going to talk about none other <laughs> than Joe Biden no no I'm just kidding I'm just joking actually I'm not I'm going to talk about him a little bit but the talk of this week was the speech and the red lighting and all that and you know I sometimes I do feel like the right side of the media can just take things and just blow them up. But, you know, both sides do that. Um, so I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to talk that he looked like Satan up there. Somebody made a bad decision. But I, I think they did. It was a pretty, pretty silly looking setup. But I'm going to talk about the content of his speech. Now, the reason that he went up there was, well, I don't know. I think to, to bring the country together, right? So I'm going to talk about the items or the things that he talked about. Okay, and how many times he mentioned them? So remember, his whole thing was to bring the country together and cohesion and not be divisive. Okay, so throughout his speech, how many times I'm going to read through these kind of quick. I want you to guess. Okay, how many times he mentioned China, crime, inflation, fentanyl, the border, Charlottesville, January 6th, insurrection, Donald Trump, extremism. Violence, MAGA, and Republicans. Okay? So, hopefully you guessed shot from the hip. I'm going to read through the actual numbers now. Ready? Republicans, 16. MAGA, 13. Violence, 10. Extremism, 7. Donald Trump, 3. Insurrection, 3. January 6th, 2. Charlottesville, 1. You're probably thinking, Charlottesville? Why would he even talk about Charlottesville? I, I don't know what happened there. I think it was some, some dude killed some other dudes, and they said he was racist. I, I, that's all I can remember, really. It's, it's so far buried in the news cycle. Okay, I'm going to keep going. The border, fentanyl, inflation, crime, China, zero, all zero. So I find it weird that the things that are actually happening in the country— are not getting talked about by the president, and the things that terrify him, he's talking about the most. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny to me how terrified they are of Donald Trump. The guy has not even announced that he's running for president. Remember, half the country likes this guy. This is how out of touch these people are getting with the voter base. They think that they know better than the peons. That's why they are so focused on not letting Trump back into the arena. So it goes back to what I've always said, is that you have a group of people who think that they're better off making decisions for the the vast majority of the group. Every single one of Trump's speeches, he addressed the political happenings of today and what's happening around the country. Biden doesn't. All he does is slam Trump. If you look at Beto O'Rourke's social media feed, All he does is slam his opponents. He doesn't talk about what he's accomplished, what he's going to do to lead, the types of decisions that he makes, his viewpoints on certain topics. All he does is bash Governor Abbott. That's it. Which, hey, listen, I bash Governor Abbott too. I do. I'm not a big fan of his. I don't think he's what we need to represent Texas. I think we need someone with a lot bigger set of testicles. Like Ron DeSantis. But you know what? I'll vote for him, I'll vote for him because you know what? Baron Beto. So we have the list of things that the president talked about. We have the clip from the nineteen forties, nineteen forty-three, of the Communist Party addressing its party members through a letter telling them how to act if certain things happen. Now, where we get caught up is that when we hear, you know, Nazi fascism we automatically think about hitler and that's that's just because of how how bad he was he killed 1.1 million jews but if you took that out of the equation if if you let's just say that hitler didn't kill 1.1 million people the tactics that these people are following are exactly the tactics that hitler followed now i'm not going to say they're the one and the same because he killed 1.1 million people and i don't think that this group of leftists who think that they're better off running the country than the people, I don't think they want to kill people. They don't want to eradicate them. Maybe they do. I don't know. But it wouldn't be fair to assume they did. So I'm not going to say they're the ones who are Nazis, but I will say that we have the evidence of how these people were instructed to behave. And we see people behaving that exact same way. And if we combine that, with the idea that they think they should be the ruling party, the ruling class, then this looks no different than the start of Hitler taking over. And I know that's kind of extreme, but the reason it's so extreme is because he killed 1.1 million people. So let's just say that Hitler took over and he didn't kill 1.1 million people and he ran the country into the ground, then we would probably say, yeah, dude, it looks just like it. But because of the fact that he killed 1.1 million people, those of us who are intellectually honest, we won't just jump to conclusions and say, yeah, he's, they're starting to act like Hitler, because we have the negative connotation. I think it's very important to, to maintain the idea of intellectual honesty. And a big transformation that I've seen was uh, Joe Rogan. He's transitioned from a hardcore Bernie, Bo, Bernie bro supporter to someone who recently said, that the solution to our problems is to vote Republican. And that told me a lot about the guy. You know, I'm not a huge, huge fan of his. I prefer to listen—well, I will only listen whenever I like the guest. So I don't listen to every one of his shows. I don't listen to the MMA guys. I don't listen to a lot of musicians. I just—I don't find it interesting. But I do find it interesting whenever he has people like Aaron Rodgers on. And he had Aaron Rodgers on, and he said the solution is to vote Republican. And I thought, you know what? Here's a guy that's a public figure, and he's been changed. He's had a change of heart. And the only way you can have that is if you're curious, and you want to know what the truth is, and you're willing to accept new ideas. That is the definition of being progressive. Not this tote the line, call everyone Nazi, even if they're not. Bull crap. Another person who's gone through this transition is Bill Maher. He used to be a hardcore leftist, liberal, and he's since changed his ways because he sees the party shifting to the left. He sees the nonsensical calamities ensuing, and he calls them out, and that's what we should do. If the, sh- if the party was shifting to the right and it was becoming too far, I guarantee you, I would speak up because I have my own mind. I have my own opinions. I have a vision of what I think is best for the country, and I don't think it's right to force that on anyone, and I am willing to change it if I see a vast majority of the people who feel different. But whenever I see a small group trying to take over the thoughts and the processes and the decisions of the majority, I have to speak up, regardless of what side of the political spectrum it's taking place on. Okay. Speaking of clarity, I think I might owe an explanation. Uh, <laughs> A while back, I made a bunch of noise about starting a YouTube channel, (laughs) and I think I got like six or seven videos posted, and I realized after it was too late, after I went out and bought all this equipment and learned kind of how to use it, spent tons of time talking to people, doing my research, I realized, man, I don't have time for this. I don't have the time to allocate to this that I need to. So I kind of put it on the back burner. The only way that it'll work is that if I have more time throughout the day to spin. Because with YouTube, you know, you got to post one to two videos a week. With this podcast, I can knock it out an hour and a half, two hours. But with YouTube, my efficiency at video editing was so slow that I would film a video. It would take me 30, 40 minutes to film it, and then I'd have to go back and do all the editing And then I have to go back and create the thumbnail. And it was like a three, four hour process. And I just realized, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to do it. I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to do the podcast when I have time. The rest of my free time, I'm going to allocate to my business. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, That's why the YouTube channel (laughs) died. And you never heard hide nor Hair about it. Because I don't want to do it anymore for now. All right, you guys got another free marathon podcast by me. And now, if it stops raining, I shall venture to a child birthday party. One of my favorite things in the world is to go to a birthday party where there's a bunch of kids running around squealing. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. It's not one of my favorite things to do. But I'm going to go to a friend's kid's birthday party because there's not going to be a lot of kids there. So... That's a little insight to me and my love for squealing children. Hopefully one day I'll have kids and I won't mind the squealing. Just for the record, I do want kids. I just don't have any. And when I have them, I will like mine probably more than anyone else's. And I'm okay with that. But for now, I'm going to wrap up the show. Thanks again for listening to the Life in Paradise podcast, the only show on the interwebs that has nothing to do with living in paradise. But I do appreciate you listening. I hope you can tell a friend and not be embarrassed about it. Hope everyone has a great week. Go out there. Be brave. Speak your mind. Don't be a coward. Do something charitable. Give something away. Be patient with someone who doesn't deserve it. And most of all, I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me
4: when it comes to words like that.
0: Ah, you can talk about the pit, barbecue, the band was jumping, the people too, ah, mess around, they're doing the mess around, they're doing the mess around. Catch your soul. They did the boogie boogie with a studded roll. They mess around. They doing the mess around. They doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around. Nah, uh, when I say stop, don't you move a pain When I say go, just uh, shake your leg and do the mess around. I declare doing the mess around. Mess around. Everybody's doing the mess around. Now let me have a boy. Mess around. I declare she can mess around.